Welcome to MVC Weekly. I'm Scott Puros. Alongside me is uh, Jacob Urish. What's up? And Ken Canoon. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, uh, whenever you're listening to this. So uh, this week we're going to focus on men's basketball, first for Illinois State. So in their first game of the year, it was a home opener. They played UNC Wilmington. They pulled off a close win there, 68-63 at home. Uh, they were down 9 at the half, and you could tell that they didn't have a whole lot of rhythm in that game. They started off 2 of 17 from the field, and I believe Antonio Reeves had the, those only two field goals. He was like 2 of 5 at that point. Uh, but in the second half, they flipped the script. They were they outscored UNC Wilmington 45-31. Uh, Reeves had 29 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 blocks. Shot 9 of 15 from the field, including 5 threes. And I think he's going to be a big part of this team this year. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh one thing I want to note is like they were they were down 15 I believe with six minutes left in the first half, and I think he scored like six or eight straight. Uh, like you said, he finished with 29 points. He was really their main offense. And uh, one thing also I want to note they had four bench points. Uh, that's just not going to cut it going forward. Uh, Reeves will not be able to save them every single game, so they're going to have to find some bench production uh, bench production somewhere. Uh, they also shot 13 more free throws than UNCW, which I think is a high note for them. Uh, it shows that they kept on attacking them, getting them in foul trouble, putting them on their heels, and I, I think it's a, a good note for them. Uh, yeah, like you said, Uris, um, a recentric offense is only going to take them so far if they're going to need uh, more production out of their bench. Uh, a couple things I want to uh, note. Um, first half, 7 of 28, 25%. Uh, field goal percentage uh, their three point percentage from the first half to uh, 18 uh, sub 20 percent 18.18 percent two of 11 that's just not going to cut it uh, you cannot have those halves and expect to win a lot of games um, they brought it back in the second half 12 of 28 from the field uh, 42.86 percent and 6 of 14 from three also 42.86 percent um, much better half but that first half where you, if you're shooting two of 11 for three from three or seven of 28 from the field that's just not going to cut it you had to agree and jacob you made a point about uh driving to the rim and working down low uh, Antonio Reeves had eight free throws. He made six of them. Mark Freeman had eight free throws. He made seven of them. Cy Chapman had six free throws. He made three of them. So, I mean, they're definitely going to work to try to get to the line. They do have some shooting, as you saw. Um, Antonio Reeves did make five threes. Josiah Strong had a couple big threes late in that game. A corner three there. Put him up by about five or six, I believe. And then UNC Wilmington had to call timeout. Um, but down low, I mean, Cy Chapman, nine points, ten rebounds. That's a solid game down low. I mean, especially for your first game of the year, you're going to have a little bit of rust. So that's going to be something they're going to heavily lean on. But he definitely brought that over to the second game and actually took it up a step because in the second game against uh, Eastern Michigan, a double overtime loss, he had 29 points, 13 rebounds, and four blocks. Definitely the post presence that this team's going to need uh, going forward. Yeah, like you noted uh, with the blocks, uh, that is a team they had seven. I believe in the first game uh, they had ten. And in the post-game press conference, I think Josiah Strong mentioned like, we have, they didn't really have rim protection last season, so having it this year is just going to help them out and having that line of defense to prevent any one getting to the hole and getting easy buckets. Uh, I want to mention the free throws again because they shot 28, which is still a good number. The UNC uh, W or not UNCW Eastern Michigan had uh, 43, so that's 15 more three th- fr- uh, 15 more free throws. They lost by five, so with all those free throws mounting uh, mounting up, it's really gonna it just put ISU in a tough spot because when you allow that many free throw attempts it doesn't bode well for you guys uh yeah something else I want to note um points off turnovers 
Illinois State, 13 points off turnovers. Eastern Michigan, 28. That's that's a sizable difference. Um, you're, you have to cut out your turnovers and uh, pretty much, and if you do turn the ball over, just limit them. Uh, 28 points off turnovers is unacceptable. Um, another thing, fast break points. Illinois State only had two fast break points the entire game, and they only came in the first half. Uh, again, not good. Um, you want to be moving the ball and pushing it down in transition. Those are the best chances you have to score. And then uh, something else that was also interesting, another uh, half in the second half of the game, uh, 2 of 11 from 3, sub 20% again. That's just not going to cut it It's like for the season. Um, got to get better. Just got to get better at uh, hitting your threes or creating uh, open threes that your teammates can hit. So we we talked about the free throws. Um, uh, Eastern Michigan did have more free throws than ISU. They did shoot 15 more free throws, but ISU did shoot 82% from free throws in their 28 tries. Uh, Eastern Michigan shot just 74%. So, I mean, ISU's making their free throws. It's just a matter of, A, can they get to the line, and uh, B, will they continue to make them? But we also talked about the turnovers. ISU actually had nine steals. I mean, Eastern Michigan still did have 13, but nine steals, and you said they only had uh, two fast break points the entire time. So it's and only 13 points off turnovers. So you got to execute when you do get those turnovers. Uh, ISU will play again uh, tomorrow. They uh, host Murray State. Um, so that'll be a good game. Murray State's 2-0 and up to this point, so uh, ISU's going to be looking for a big win. They'll try to get back over 500. Uh, now we can move on to Indiana State because there's some big news coming from Indiana State with Tyreek Key out for the season now. He had some shoulder surgery. Um, from this article I found, uh, they were saying that it was season-ending surgery to correct shoulder instability issue, according to their head coach. Um, basically, it was just a decision because he thought that this was going to be best for his future. I think he's, I'm assuming he's going to redshirt now and uh, play again next year, but I think... I think he maybe could have played based on what I'm reading, but he didn't want to risk it. He wanted to play at his highest level and give the team the best chance to win, and I don't think he thought he could do that. But without him, Indiana State is still sitting at 2-1. and one. Um, Wins over Green Bay and Hanover with a loss to ranked Purdue. But I think a big player on that team so far has been Cooper Nice. Uh, he had 18 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. In their win over Green Bay, in their loss to Purdue, he had 15 points and 6 rebounds. And then in their win over Hanover, he goes 20 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. So Cooper Nice is going to really look to step up in that role. He's only a junior, so he might be able to big help if you can have back-to-back. Or you have Nice and Key next year at senior or both seniors. Without a doubt. And I also want to mention there are a couple players that are just spread out that also contributed. Uh, I believe it's Calix Stevens had 16 points with 13 rebounds in that one versus Green Bay. Uh, also in that win, Xavier Bledson had 15 points and uh, five rebounds. And then Cameron Henry had 15 uh, points as well. So really against Green Bay, it, it had f- uh, four people uh, in double digits. So uh, scoring there is pretty spread out. Now versus Purdue, like you said, they're ranked uh Scoring there is not as uh, prevalent. Uh, Cameron Henry was the only one besides Cooper Nice uh, to score in double digits. And, and the win versus Hanover, uh, Cameron Henry again, uh, he had 18 points and 10 rebounds. So looks like uh, it was almost a double-double machine. And then uh, Michael Thomas, Micah Thomas had uh, 15 points as well. So it seems like uh, as long as you're not playing a ranked uh, team, uh, they're scoring is a pretty uh, uh, all up and down the score sheet. 
Yeah, I just want to touch on the Tyree Key injury for Indiana State. He was their only player to make the uh, preseason MVC team for this year. Um, and we talked about on the first podcast how Indiana State was kind of going to ride or die by however Tyree Key played because the offense was going to run around him. And even despite Tyree Key being like the key player, Indiana State was still ranked ninth. So this it's not it's probably not going to go bode well for their future that they're missing their best player but something that i think jacob mentioned or touched on but didn't mention um now that key is out it's going to be interesting to see how they play um you said that there were like four players in double digits and their win over uh, green bay green bay um it's just going to be interesting to see how they transition from a, a keyless offense now to more maybe sharing the ball and getting everybody more involved instead of running everything through Tyree Key. But uh, that's just a big loss for Indiana State, and I'd also say a big loss for NBC. He's a great player. Um, Hope he gets well soon. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned uh, I think he's going to come back for fifth year. It's actually, I want to correct that. So he actually, this was going to be his fifth year because of the COVID year. So now he's, if he redshirts, it's going to be a sixth, he's going to be a sixth-year senior next year, which a sixth-year senior along with Cooper Nice, who's looking promising between these three games, that could be really helpful for Indiana State next year with the return of Key. So now we can look at the top of the MVC. Uh, start off with Drake, projected to finish first in the conference this year, and they have looked like it to start the season. They started off the season with a win over Coe, uh, 87-61. They shot over 50% from the field and from three, and they shot 77% on free throws. Um, they've had a couple guys. Roman Penn is one guy that stood out. He had 11 points in that first win. Uh, 13 points in that second win. But another player that I thought was pretty interesting, they have a freshman, Tucker DeVries. He had 14 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks in that first win. And then he goes 7 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. He did shoot a little. He had a little bit of struggle shooting in that second game. But I think this young talent might be able to help them. But senior Roman Penn is definitely going to be a big part of this team this year. Yeah, I want to touch on their percentages because coming out of the gate they're shooting uh over 52 percent in both of their games from the field and they're, they're shooting over uh above 50 percent uh from three so they're just really efficient right now and it's amazing to see another player uh who contributed to that one versus uh co uh was uh Tramel murphy who also added 14 like you said with tucker and then uh along with roman penn dj wilkins uh poured in 11 so that's another team like their scoring seems pretty it seems pretty even so it'll be interesting to see if anyone really takes the keys or if it's just going to be a pretty even offense to start out. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. Um, the offense in both games, it's very balanced scoring. Like the first game against uh, Co, you have four players in double digits, uh, another two players that if they make one more basket, they're in double digits. Uh, the second game where they just absolutely blew out South Dakota, um, 99-50. Uh, for another four players in double digits and another two players that if they make one more basket they're in double digits um, a very balanced scoring effort I mean we talked about how Drake was going to be the best team in the conference in our first podcast and they're really showing it I mean 99-50 that's a big win against South Dakota but no Drake is uh Drake is playing up to their potential so far um just just great offense and a great balanced scoring attack yeah, and last year, Drake, uh, I believe they led the NBC in scoring, so that's nothing new for them. And last year, they allowed just over 66 points per game, and I know it's just the first two games of the year, but so far, they're allowing less than 56 points a game against their first two opponents, 61 and 50. So if they can be strong on that defensive end, their offense will bring them to wins. 
consistently because you can tell, I mean, 87 and what was the other one, 99. So that's a lot of scoring. If you continue to do that, I mean, keep teams under 65 points, you're going to win a lot of games. That's definitely going to get them high or get them far in the season. So uh, we can move on to Loyola Chicago. And uh, much of the same from Loyola Chicago as what we saw from Drake, but even more scoring. Uh, against Coppin State, they won 103-45. to 45. Um, They shot 53% from the field in that game, 44% from three. Um, they have graduate student Nahir Uguak. Uh, he had 16 points, two rebounds, two assists. He shot six of nine from the field. Um, a player that I had talked about before in that first podcast, Lucas Williamson, 10 points, five rebounds, seven assists. He's another graduate student, and he worked with that team last year that went far in the uh, – tournament i think he's gonna be a big part of that team this year i think with that game against copen state uh i think it's something i told you before uh the podcast started they held copen state two for 25 from three that is 0.080 percent from three and then 22 percent from the field overall like like you said before uh with our preview podcast like we expected their defense like we, we knew their defense was going to be there especially with uh Drew Valentine coming in and him basically being a defensive head coach. We knew that was going to come, but to put on 103 points, it, it's just impressive because uh, six players scored double digits in that game, and then uh, nine of their first uh, 13 uh, buckets were threes. So their three-point shooting seems to be there. It's it's going to be really interesting to see how Loyal and Drake match up against each other going forward. Uh, yeah, um, we did talk about how their defense is going to be outstanding um, versus Copen State. They proved that. But against Florida Gulf Coast, Tavian Dunmartin, uh, 11 of 20, 9 of 14 from 3, 34 points. Um, he really kept them in that game. It, it'll be interesting to see if that was just like a fluke against Loyola's defense or if it's something to monitor going forward. It's still early in the season, so we're, we can't be too sure yet. But Tavian Dunmartin, for lack of a better term, he cooked Loyola, even even though they lost uh, 77-89. But, yeah, just looking through the stat sheets, um, Loyola, again, with a balanced scoring attack, kind of how we talked touched him with Drake. Um, like, you, like you said, first game at six players in double digits. Um, another two players could have been in double digits if they made another basket in that first game. So um, this more balanced scoring effort and the MVC's best, proving why they're the MVC's best. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't overlook Florida Gulf Coast that much. They're in, a, I think, I believe a little bit tougher of a conference overall, but I will say Loyola Chicago does have a bit of a tougher schedule. I mean, they play Michigan State up here coming up. Obviously a big, big 10 team there. Um, got DePaul, a lot of bigger schools that they play. Um, so I think they might have these games where one player really starts to take over, but I think as an overall defense, they're definitely going to thrive this year. And I think we can see that because, like you said, yeah, um, one player did score 34 points, but the rest of the team was only able to amount to 43. So, I mean, if you can continue to do that, you obviously don't want one player to consistently burn you, but I think overall their defense, I think it's going to be in a good position this year. Uh, I think now we can move on, talk about UNI, who has been off to a little bit rougher of a start. They are 1-2 and two up to this point. Started off the season with a loss to Nichols State, and a player who was picked to uh, be NBC Player of the Year struggled in that first game and to say the least he had four points five rebounds two assists two steals so he did do a little bit of everything when it comes to the scoring category he was one of 14 from the field and 007 from three something that you and i does not want to see the rest of the season 
I think you when you noted or when you touched on his uh, percentages as a team they just did not shoot well at all. They were 15 uh, for 50 from the field, 30%, and then 3 for 23 from 3. So, it, in that department, it was not good at all. Uh, they shot 25 for 38 from the free throw line, so not half their points came from the free throw line, but pretty close to it. So that's a good sign that they're still trying to attack, like I noted with ISU. You're trying to get the defense on the huge, trying to put them in foul trouble. So I think that's a that's a promising note for them. Uh, I don't think we expect A.J. Green to ever shoot. Well, I mean, he might have, he's coming back from injury, so he might have a couple of these games, you know, just getting the rust off, not being on the court. But I, I don't think we expect this from him as much. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, like you said, um, there's, the, there's the rust aspect, but I don't think we're going to have another A.J. Green game like this, 1-14. of 14. Um, I think he knows he's better than that, and I think the team knows they're better than that. But um, Austin Faye, um, great game, 20 points, 5 of 8. He was efficient, uh, 9 rebounds, uh, 1 block, 1 assist. Um, he was another player that we talked about who we need to watch. He was, I believe he was on the All-NBC second team. But he really, uh, he really showed up when a lot of the other players on the team didn't. Um, outside of Taiwan Pickford, who came off the bench, 13, uh, 4 of 8, uh, nobody else really showed up for this UNI team in their first loss. Yeah, and you and I, I mean, over their first three games, uh, as I said, they did. Uh, they ended up losing to Vermont the next game, 71-57. A.J. Green bounced back there, 19 points, 5 of 10 from the field. And then in their uh, win over Dubuque, he had... He didn't take a whole lot of shots. He had five points, just six shots from the field. But what I want to point out is uh, last year, you and I allowed 71.5 points per game. You cannot do that if you want to win games. 72, Almost 72 points a game, it's, it's not going to get you very far. But through these first three games, I believe if I did this math right, they're averaging about 65 points allowed and just under 70 points scored. So that's definitely an improvement because they're scoring a little more than what they were last year, and they're definitely allowing less points. So, I mean... I think defense is going to be something they're really going to have to step up on if they're not going to be shooting well when it goes on. But I'm sure this is just some early season rust. So now we can move on to Missouri State. So Missouri State sits at 1-1 one one right now. Uh, they beat Southeast Missouri State in their first, or they lost, I mean, 99-94 in their first game. Uh, they shot 52% from the field, which is pretty solid, but from three they were just seven or 27%. And uh, one player that definitely needs to be mentioned is senior Gage Prim. Uh, 28 points, 15 rebounds. He shot 8 of 11 from the field, 12 of 16 on free throws. He's going to be a big part of Missouri State this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And then uh, the other uh, player that I remember uh, we mentioned in the preview was Isaiah Mosley. put up 16 points. Uh, but another player that put up more than that was Donovan Clay, which I, I don't think we mentioned. Uh, so, again, that's another team that, they're scoring. I mean, Donovan Clay seems to be a surprise because I, I think we both, all of us, expected Gage Prim and Mosley to be most of the time those t- uh, the two top scorers for that team. But if Clay can come in, produce around, I'm uh, not 20 because that's a lot to ask for. But if he can get in the in the teens, I think that's going to be an a- extra boost to that team. So then you don't have as much pressure on Prim and Mosley. Um, in that uh, first game, they shot 31 for 60. So I mean, 51%. You're you're going to take that every single day. 7 for 26 from 3, you, you need that to be, like I noted before, probably 36, 35, 37. Anytime you're above 35%, you're probably, in pre- especially from 3, yeah. you're going to be pretty okay with that. And they're 25 and 35 from the line, so again, getting to the line, getting free throws. Uh, but I, I I think there are some good signs, but I, I'm a little hesitant. 
I mean, yeah, we did talk about Missouri State with the one-two punch of Mosley and uh, Page. Gage Brim. Gage Brim, sorry. I lost my head there for a second. Um, As the one-two punch. And, uh, yeah, uh, Mosley in that first game was outstanding. Um, Something you kind of touched on, the three-point percentages. Um, The three-point percentages have been less than impressive. Uh, Three of 15 in the second half of their uh, first game, I believe. Yeah. And then in the second game, three of sixteen in the first half, um, putting up some uh, ISU numbers there, and that's some, especially if you're Missouri State, that really can't, uh, that's that's not sustainable if you want to go far this year. Um, but no, uh, just overall impressive. Uh, uh, Donovan Clay as well, like you mentioned, twenty points, eight of ten efficient. We didn't. I don't think we even touched upon him, but that was a, it was a great performance. Um, he didn't follow it up in the next game, but just uh, just just better. And Missouri State, um, they'll be looking to bounce back. Um, just be looking to bounce back and continue to rack up wins. Speaking of that next game, uh, Jacob, you talked about the one-two punch. So did you, Ken, about Prim and Mosley. That second game, Mosley showed why he's part of that. He had 31 points, shot 22 times in the field, made 12 of them, 4 of 10 from 3. He had 5 rebounds, 2 steals. And then Prim did this. He didn't do. They almost flipped roles, honestly, in that second game. Prim goes 11 points, 14 rebounds, five blocks, two steals, four six from the field. So if you have those two guys stepping up offensively and defensively, as you see there, I mean, seven five blocks and two steals, so seven big defensive plays there. That's going to be huge for this team. Last year, Missouri State allowed just allowed 67 points per game, which isn't terrible, but it's, I don't believe it was in the top half. It might have been right on middle of the pack for the uh, MVC, but they uh, scored 71.2. So their scoring seems to be there, but if they can improve that defense, and I know I say this about a lot of the teams, defense is key, for, especially uh, for this type of team. Another play I want to mention just real quick uh, is Jamonte Black. He dropped in 16. So as you can see, Don McClay dropped in 20 in the first game, and then it's another player dropping in 16. So if they can just find those guys to come in, accept the role, but still put in that put in about 15 points, so to get an extra boost with that, it, it's going to really help them out. So then it's just not a two-man game, so then people can't just zone in on them. Uh, I think what's also really interesting is that Mosley, Prim, and Black all had two steals apiece. So in the Steelers department, they're doing – they're doing pretty good so far. Uh, in that win against Alabama State, their percentages weren't ideal from three. They shot uh, eight for 30, and then they shot 27 for 63 from the field. So it wasn't great. They still got the win. They won by 18, so you'll take it. But you're gonna, you're just going to have to be more efficient going forward. Yeah, you touched on players stepping up. I mean, I think you can say that about every team in the MVC, really. Uh, Missouri State, you have Prim and Mosley, so you need a couple players to step up every game if they're falling down. Um Indiana State with key out, you need players to step up like Cooper Nice. Uh, for you and I, with AJ Green struggling at first, you're gonna need some guys to pick it up with like Austin Fife did in that first game. Uh, Loyola Chicago, Loyola Chicago, I think is a much more balanced offensively team. I'm not sure they're gonna have one player really step out offensively. Um, and then ISU, we've seen Reeves what he can do. He's gonna need some other guys to step up offensively as well. And I think that's gonna be key for each of these teams. It's gonna be these guys coming off the bench or these guys, these role players who are can step up offensively, score, and really make a difference in these games, especially when conference comes around. So lastly, uh, we can touch on uh, women's basketball. Uh, I'd like to touch on ISU. They are one and one up to this point. They started off the season with a loss to NIU, and I watched that game. Um, it was a little rough. They 
they definitely struggled from the field. They shot 36% from the field, which isn't great. But 36% from three, you'd like to improve that a little bit, but that's doable. The problem is they were outscored by 15 in the second half. They were uh, they were up by one, I believe, late in that first half, and I remember watching correctly, NIU hit a three with, like, five seconds left to give them the lead, and they just they never looked back from there. Um, Juju Redman has been a big part of this offense so far. She has du- scored double digits in her last seven games. Um, going back to last year, uh, she scored double digits in 37 of 55 total games. Uh, Mary Crompton had nine points in that loss, and then she also went ahead and had 11 in their win against St. Thomas on Saturday. And Mary Crompton has three or more threes in her last five games and has hit three or more threes in 26 of her 60 career games. So those two players are going to be big for this team offensively as the year goes on. So you mentioned the St. Thomas game. I was actually able to, uh, to watch that on a live stream. And well, coming out of it, it looked great. They started a 10-0 run. Uh, St. Thomas just looked discombob- discombobulated, turned the ball over left and right. Uh, then it kind of hit a lull in the second uh, quarter. Uh, I believe for the first like six minutes, the Redbirds didn't score. Uh, so they, they, they're just going to have to be more consistent. Kristen Gillespie, uh, their head coach, mentioned that. Um, one thing that I'm not too worried about, but I just want to note, Maya Wong uh, fouled out. She had 14 and uh, four assists. But I, I think in the exhibition game against UMSL, you were at that game. I think she fouled out as well in that game. I, I think I, she might have fouled out against NIU. <clears throat> she, she okay. So I was looking at that. She didn't. She didn't. She did. She had two fouls. But I just I think it's something to keep note of because she keeps on getting foul trouble. That's really gonna put more pressure on the team because she's really the main distributor and play oh, playmaker. Because Juju, that's she's more there for scoring. So I, I think if she's just gonna have to maybe tone it down a little bit with how aggressive she's playing because they really are going to need her on the court. But uh, one thing I want to note versus St. Thomas, their their, their efficiency was great. Shots uh, almost uh, 57% from the field, 46% uh, from three, seven for, 50, 50, uh, 7 for 15, which is great. So I, I'm pretty hopeful uh, as long as they can just stay consistent, which I know is a given, but I, I think it really is just a about being consistent. I think that's like what uh, the men's team or the ISU men's team needs to do as well. As you mentioned in the first game, in the first half, not really efficient, not consistent. And then in the second game, the first half, they were consistent. So I think it's that's that goes for every team, but you can really see it with these two teams. Yeah, something I want to touch on in both the games. In the loss against Northern Illinois, 23 bench points. And in the win against St. Thomas, 22 bench points. Um, Bench is stepping up for the women's team, which is important. Um, that's uh, that's going to help them a lot uh, throughout the four quarters. Um, other than that, uh, good win against uh, St. Thomas. Um, just looking at the stat sheet, another balanced scoring attack, four players in double digits. Uh, NIU loss, um, uh, second chance points in favor of NIU, 22-12. to 12. Um, And the second chance points were pretty balanced across the four quarters, so... Some to keep an eye on, but um, overall, good winning at St. Thomas. Uh, not so good loss against NIU. Um, just get those second chance points up and continue to score off the bench, and this team is going to be racking up wins. So one final note I'd like to point out. You guys brought up the bench points. I remember, I think it was you, Jacob, in the press conference who asked after the uh, exhibition game. The bench only had 10 points in the exhibition game, and while they won, uh, the head coach, Gillespie, she didn't seem very happy about it. 10 points, she wants more production off that bench, and... They showed it. I mean, 22, 23. I mean, if you're scoring 20-plus points off the bench, 
to give your starters a break, and you know that you have the offensive scoring coming off the bench. I mean, it gives the coach confidence in you, and it gives you guys a better chance of winning basketball games. Uh, any last note? Uh, I don't have anything. No, uh, just get better, Tyree Key. Um, hope you hope you're doing well in recovery. I always hate to see players injured. Um, yeah, that's it. All right, so uh, we will see you, I believe, in two weeks here. we got Thanksgiving break coming up here, so I'm not sure if we're doing it next week or not. But in the meantime, uh, follow along on our account at the underscore Vidette and our sports account at Vidette underscore sports. And uh, roll birds. <laughs> <laughs>